Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, everybody. Joe Beamer in for the legend, Sandy Beach. Sandy had some vacation time left, and he said, you know what? I'm not working Mondays the rest of the year. So Sandy will be enjoying Three-day work weeks, four-day weekends. Let me do my math. That does equal seven. So you're stuck with me this morning. Let's kick off the week right. Now, I know, I know that game's not what you expected yesterday, but I'm here to tell you something. I'm here to tell you. Everything is fine. Not to worry. The eagle has landed. The horse is in the barn. The chicken is in the pot. That's right. Everything's fine. The Bills are going to the playoffs, okay? They lost to the Ravens, but look at that game. Look at that game. There were opportunities for the Bills to win it. And I know I sound like a broken record after the Patriots game, but there are positives to take out of this. Have you watched the Ravens play this year? They usually beat their opponents by more than a touchdown. The Bills were in that game from start to finish, okay? A a few sloppy mistakes, a few maybe Josh Allen should have gotten rid of the ball and not taken the sack. But we stand here right now, a win away, most likely, from clinching the playoffs. So yes, the Bills lost yesterday. It would have been a huge win. It would have given Bills fans some momentum. It would have given Bills fans the thought, wow, this team really could go to the AFC Championship. But that's okay. Three games left. Big game on Sunday night. Now on Friday, I think I'll be asking you, What are you doing for the game Sunday? Huge game, national television, 8.20 kickoff. Are you getting that afternoon nap? But that's that's for later in the week. This is Monday, kicking off right. And yesterday was a Buffalo sports triple header. So the Bills game, take the positives. All right, this isn't a 6-8 Bills team. This is a 9-4 Bills team going to the playoffs, most likely as a fifth seed, could be playing a Houston team that did not look at all good yesterday. So take the positives from yesterday's game. UB knocks off undefeated DePaul at DePaul yesterday afternoon. Uh, That was a 5 o'clock game. And then the Sabres get a win in in, uh, Edmonton in overtime. So take the positives. Buffalo was 2-1. The Bills didn't look like the LA Rams. Okay. The Bills played pretty good. It was a playoff atmosphere at the stadium from everything I've seen and heard. 
a playoff atmosphere. The tailgates were going nice and early. It's People are actually going to the games for the games again. Who thought that was going to be the case? People are actually back at the stadium not to throw themselves through a table, which I know some people still are, but they're actually there to see the game. They actually want to make it out of the lot into the stadium. So exciting weeks to come, three weeks of the regular season. You've got the Steelers, the Patriots, and then home against the Jets. Lots of football, lots of chances for the Bills to actually clinch the playoffs. They have a 96.6% chance. I don't even think they can Bills their way out of this. So get playoff hype, get ready, get that Hank Jr. song going, even though they're playing on Sunday night next week. Um, It's going to be very exciting. But how was your weekend? How was everyone's weekend? Saturday, a little cold. Yesterday, you know, I know a lot of people out there, they don't want the cold, right? They would be fine with 50 degrees, kind of like yesterday, all right? Not too cold. It was somewhat comfortable outside. But we are, it's December 9th. We live in Buffalo, New York. And I'm looking out my window and I don't see any snow. That's a little disappointing. Is it just me? I think it's disappointing. December 9th, Buffalo, New York, and there's grass outside. Now, if it's February and we have that hot weekend we always have where it gets into the mid-50s and everything melts, I'm ecstatic. I got the shorts and flip-flops on. I'm ready to go. But December 9th, you know, I'm getting ready for Christmas, getting that shopping done. The lights are up. The tree is up. I want to see some snow outside. I'd like to see some snow on the ground. Hopefully, Mother Nature brings us some snow this week, and we can have that nice coating of snow to get get it looking like Christmas, get it looking like the holiday season. By the way, let me know on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, 3930. Where are you in your Christmas shopping? Did you get it done this weekend? I know on Friday, a lot of people were texting that, They're getting their decorations up this weekend, which to me is beyond disappointing. The fact that it took you till the first weekend in December to get your decorations up, but I digress. Did you get some shopping done this weekend? Are those decorations up? Are you finally in the holiday spirit? Did you load up the the, uh, iPhone playlist with nothing but Christmas music, or is it still just me? So you can let me know on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Did you get any closer to being more prepared for the holidays? I know a lot of people having their holiday parties uh, last week and this coming week and the the few weeks into the uh, future. Some people have them right after the holidays. So it's just that that feel-good time of the year. You know, I, I know a lot of you made fun of me. October 15th, I was already playing Christmas music. A lot of you... Did not like the Christmas trap music we were playing last week. But are you in the holiday spirit? That's a good text question for everybody. As we get going this weekend, we get the, the, the gears going. A lot of you don't have a full week. You're taking your vacation time, so maybe a four-day. Maybe you're lucky like Sandy and having a three-day week. So, you know, getting in that holiday spirit. But it is Monday. Let's wake up. Let's get out of that funk The Bills might have left us in. Let's look at the positives. Let's kick off a very positive week. When we come back, some people think we had a positive weekend. 
others still have those questions. We're going to talk about a big event that happened on Saturday, and then I'm going to pose a few questions to you about forgiveness. Because how else would you start a positive week than thinking about forgiving those? It, oh, I'll give the number out after I set up the topic. It's Joe Beamer in for the legendary Sandy Beach here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer in for Sandy Beach here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Kicking off the week right. Hope everyone is in a positive mood after the letdown that happened at New Era Field yesterday. Now, on Saturday, there was a meeting with the Group to Restore Trust. Uh, I forgot where it was. Tim Wenger's here. He was at that event. Yeah, it was at the uh, Montante Cultural Center. It's the Movement to Restore Trust. And interesting thing is that meeting was pre-planned. Um, it, was, it was planned uh, before uh, Bishop Scharfenberger was introduced last week. So they had already had an event planned, and they were going to simply kind of walk um, attendees through, you know, here's where we're at. Here's where we're going to go. Well, then, obviously, last Wednesday, everything changed when uh, Bishop Scharfenberger was named the Apostolic Administrator, and they included him, uh, invited him, and he chose to be part of it. And they also uh, reached out to survivors, and they were they were part of it as well. So the event, um, while it was pre-planned, changed quite a bit, and it really was in, it, it was very interesting. Um, there were about 175 people there, and um, I, I think the mood of the meeting was 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 mixed. It was very upbeat because we had this new uh, leader coming into the diocese that I think a lot of people are excited about. Um, yet when it, when a guy like Michael Whalen goes up and, and talks at the podium, um, it really brings gravity to the room of, of why this is all happening. Um, two things of note. Number one, uh, Bishop Scharfenberger is being received like a rock star. I mean, he is absolutely so welcomed uh, by the movement to restore trust, by I think a majority of uh, the folks that are really involved and animated in this whole um, situation that's unfolded over the past uh, uh, several years, really. Um, and it, it does, it, it I'm I'm a little worrisome because um, of of what his fate might be because he can only do so much. Um, a lot of this is controlled by the Vatican, um, and he said afterwards, uh, as as I and other reporters spoke with him, that he's going to make some tough decisions that may involve removing some people from um, from the diocese, but he'll only do so on his own timeline. Um, and I think there's going to be some disappointment that that he's not coming in there with a hatchet and just kind of clearing the forest right away. Do you think he feels that a lot of that those decisions should be left up to the permanent bishop that is that eventually replaces him? I think there's that, and I think there is a blurry line, and there's a lot of confusion about this is not the new bishop. This is the apostolic administrator. Interesting thing they did. Um, they, they had a crowd-sharing um, uh, text-in situation where all of the people in the room could use their phones. They could text in words, characteristics that described what they would want to be the next, you know, be part of the next uh, characteristics of the, of the bishop. Every slide they did, they did like the first characteristic, the second characteristic, you know, they went through three or four of them. And in each slide, as it populated live on the screen, Scharfenberger was trending. I mean, so the people in the audience are looking to this guy as their new bishop, and that's not his role. His role is to get us through this point and to the next bishop. Um, so I think there might be some false sense of security with this guy, too. 
Yeah, at 71, it's very unlikely he would be made. Yeah, no, that's not his official. that's not what he wants to do. I mean, he's here to facilitate this this whole process. So, I mean, I I kind of and there's a there's a humorous approach here, but I liken it to, you know, the Bills just hired a new coach and everybody gets so excited. Um, and then six months down the road, it's like, well, why did he keep the quarterback? Why did he keep uh, the offensive coordinator? Um, I worry that there's, there may not be this immediacy of change that will not satisfy some of the critics. Most of the critics of Bishop Malone are, are you know, heralding this change and, and being very welcoming of the Scharfenberger era. Was he asked any questions from the audience? Um, no, not not directly. I think indirectly through a lot of the commentary that there was, you know, was happening on the stage by John Hurley and others. Um, questions came to him that way. He was asked a lot of questions by folks like me um, afterwards because we had him for about 15 minutes. And that whole session, if you want to hear it, is on, on the website, WBN.com. Did he address files being released? Because he did make a comment on Wednesday that he wants this to be a transparent uh, process. He wants to have more transparency than the diocese has had. And I'm already seeing people complaining that those files still have not been released. Right. And, you know, at the press conference, which I was at as well on Wednesday, um, you know, uh, Scharfenberger was asked by Charlie Specht, you know, that there are there are files in this building at the time we were at the Catholic Center uh, in this building that um, would support or, you know, maybe plausibly deny uh, some accusations that have been put toward uh, certain clergy members. Will you release those? And he kind of danced around that, as I think he needed to and should, saying, well, yes, I want transparency, but, I mean, there are legalities involved, too. On Saturday, we asked him um, about those files, and uh, he, he meant, he simply said, he will do what he can do. He didn't say, I'm just going to, you know, here they are. Um, also, Michael Whalen, a survivor, spoke, and we can talk about that, um, but uh, when Whalen spoke, he very clearly said that he wanted uh, Auxiliary Bishop Gross out of there, and he wanted uh, Terry Connors, the, 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 the attorney, the counsel for the diocese, to be gone. We asked Scharfenberger about that, and he said, I might need to make some t- tough decisions about staffing, but I'm not going to do it without advisement, and I'm not going to do it on anybody's timeline, on really no timeline at all. Now, Michael Whalen did speak at the Movement to Restore Trust. Was he the only survivor to um, to give a speech? He was, and um, he's pretty powerful. I've, I've seen him speak before. I've spoken with him on the phone before and in person before. But when he went up, um, he was first of all, he was sitting immediately next to Bishop Scharfenberger. So imagine that image um, and the change that, that's, you know, from the previous administration of, of Bishop Malone. You would not have seen Michael Whalen sitting next to uh, Bishop Malone. Um, so he's sitting right next to him. He was introduced. Um, very quickly, uh, uh, Michael Whalen transitioned into uh, a complete call for uh, the ouster of the two gentlemen I just told you about. Um, and then he also, um, I think, very shockingly to, to many people, simply says, I forgive Norbert Orselitz. And uh, Orselitz is, of course, the man that uh, not only is accused, but is admitted to abusing uh, in this whole situation. Um, and he forgives him. And I think a lot of the, I don't think, uh, as, as Michael Whalen has said, a lot of other abuse survivors are questioning, how can you forgive this guy? It was very powerful. And when he left the stage, uh, Bishop Scharfenberger was the first on his feet. Every single person in that auditorium in the Montante Center on their feet, giving that guy a standing ovation. Did the bishop mention 
when you talk to him, Michael Whalen's um, speech, anything Michael Whalen said, beside yeah. the two people he said. Um, that really was the portion of, that we addressed, that and the files. Um, so, you know, he did say that I had, you know, he, he said, as you uh, mentioned, I openly would like to meet with survivors. He called on that. Um, his, his handprint was all over the program. Um, I don't believe that Michael Whalen originally was part of the program on Saturday. Um, I've got some knowledge that would indicate that wasn't the case. And he was added um, at the at pretty much the last minute, and I think he, that was done so um, to appease the, the the request by Bishop Scharfenberger to be in presence with uh, an abuse survivor. Now, do you think because you follow this very closely, do you think I know you said in a few months people are going to start asking questions? Why is so and so still here? Do you think there could be a right answer the bishop could say that people would get off of his back? and look forward to the new permanent bishop? Or is he going to have to start answering these questions in a few months regardless? I think he really needs to go through this in two ways. One, spiritually, um, and I think that that part um, can be, you know, that can take some time. Uh, and then legally. I mean, there is there are legal aspects to all of this that can't simply be ignored. He can't just walk in and say, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. Um, maybe maybe he potentially could, but it, it just doesn't. It that would not bode well. And and there are others who may you know. Then you, what about the other guy and the other person? Um, so I, I it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays and who's appeased by what decisions are made and when those decisions are made. Um, and the whole crisis just continues and it's being escalated today, as you're well aware, down in Manhattan. And Siobhan O'Connor, who was at the session on Saturday, I spoke with her. Um, she was there on Saturday uh, listening in. She didn't really, she didn't speak formally, and she didn't even speak to the media afterwards. Um, she's in New York standing by uh, Mitch Garabedian, an attorney, um, very involved in, in this locally and nationally, and they're suing the Pope. That's an interesting move. Suing the Pope. I, ne- I never thought I would say that in my, my career of, uh, in, you know, in, in talk radio and news radio, but they're going to sue the Pope. Suing the Pope. I, uh, very interesting to see how uh, that plays out. So we're far from done, Tim, is what you would say. Oh, I think we're very far from done. I think it's going to be a long road. And I think what's changed is Bishop Malone is gone. And I think there'll be some frustration that some things will stay the same. Some decisions won't be made that people wanted made right now. All right. We'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
Welcome back. Joe Beamer in for Sandy Beach here on News Radio 930. WBEN. Sandy will be back in the big chair tomorrow at 9. So we can all look forward to that. Now, we've had the movement to restore trust on Saturday. Tim Wenger filled us in on what happened, what was going on. So I'd like, I have three questions for you this morning. Also in the Buffalo News on Saturday, there was an article, Without Concrete Reforms, Victims Skeptical of New Buffalo Diocese Leader. And it mentions in there how files have not been released, how it's still right now, and again, we're not even a full week into the new leadership. Um, so far, nothing has been acted on. But personally, you see what happened on Saturday. You had Michael Whalen sitting next to the bishop. I think that's a great sign. You also had uh, the bishop there at a meeting to restore uh, a movement to restore trust. And people, like Tim said, were treating him like a rock star. I, I mean, right now, he has a lot of positive, and I think a lot of people are hoping he acts on what he's talking about. So three simple questions for you. Do you trust that this new leader will get the diocese back to where it needs to be? Get the Catholic Church moving forward with transparency, getting the people out of leadership positions that should be out of those positions, having an outside firm investigate what happened years ago and get a clear picture for the public, more importantly for those who spend their time in the church. 803-0930. Also, Michael Whalen said that he forgives. Well, here's what Michael Whalen said about the, uh, the priest who admitted to abusing him. God tells you to forgive, so I forgive him. A lot of survivors don't like me for doing that. They can't understand how I can do that. But I believe in my God. I never lost my faith. I just didn't need the man on the stage telling me how to talk to my God. So that being said, I forgive horses. And I want to know your stories of forgiveness. Someone who wronged you. Someone who you never thought you could forgive, but you found the strength to forgive. Or a story of how you have yet to forgive somebody. How there's just one thing hanging around and you cannot forgive that person. 803 0930 star 930. The Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board is open at 3930. So three simple questions. Do you trust this new bishop to lead the diocese? Now, again, he is temporary. He is not the new permanent bishop. But do you trust him to lead the diocese forward and not to add as Bishop Malone did with any cover-ups? Do you trust this to be a more transparent diocese now that we have the temporary bishop in power? And what is next for the healing process, as you heard from Michael Whalen? Also, stories of forgiveness or stories of how you have lacked forgiveness, how you can't bring yourself to forgive somebody. 803-0930, star 930, Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board is open. Let's kick the show off talking about healing with our friend all the way over in Eden. It's Bill. Bill, good morning. Hey, 
good morning, Joe. Welcome back from the weekend. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, so lots of different things, I guess we could say here. And yes, I do trust Bishop Scharfenberger. As he mentioned before, like when he, he gave that Latin phrase when he said, Sede vacante noli innovator, when the seat is empty, you're not going to really make a lot of innovations and things. But he's able to do what he can while he's there for anything that's pressing. And the thing that I would like to see is maybe even have a special story on WBEN and put a spotlight on what the diocese has been doing with respect specifically to two things. They have a virtus program, V-I-R-T-U-S, that everyone that deals with children has to take. Maybe the WBEN could spotlight what that program has, how it's already been protecting children. And also, um, besides that, the Dallas Charter, the Charter for the Protection of God's Children, exactly what that program involves and how that protects um, children in the diocese. Because the victim stories are powerful, and the victims definitely need to be compensated and prayed for and to the degree that we can. And I like the way that earlier that it was said that if there was psychological counseling, the diocese is picking up the tab for that. And um, I heard your guest like last week, I was trying to call in, I was actually on hold for quite a long time. It was like two and a half hours I never got on when you had Charlie Specht and um, Steve Boyd talking with Brian Mazurowski there. And I was thinking a little bit with Charlie, I try to be fair and impartial, but I was listening to like some of the phrasing that he was using, and I'm wondering how productive that is towards like the future and reporting what the diocese is doing. Because he was using phrases like he was talking about... Um, um, like those, you, know, you say secret files. You say he said like we know the playbook here. He said the cover up and the secrecy that hasn't changed. Just putting things out there like saying things like that and not giving the diocese and the representative bishop an opportunity at that point to really say well, like what he's Bill. Bill, in all fairness, I think he's he was talking about what needs to change. And yes, those secret files. I think parishioners have the right especially people who have given a lot of time and a lot of money to the Catholic Church, have the right to see what has been covered up. Because, remember, they were paying for those cover-ups. He said, too, like, um, he was talking about that the people that work there have skin in the game because they're working for the bishop. And I didn't think that was really a responsible way to say something about... I know, like, some of the different people that work there, like Mr. Halter, he's a man of awesome personal integrity, and I don't think just because he or any other person is a, an employee of the diocese that they're going to, in any way, not be impartial and when they investigate things. All right, Bill and Eden, thank you for the call. That opens up a line for you, 803-0930. Reading that article from the Buffalo News on Saturday, the, uh, the gentleman they interviewed said, Malone's resignation will mean nothing if the new diocese leader doesn't implement concrete reforms to unveil the full extent of clergy sexual abuse in the diocese and hold accountable other administrators who may have concealed abuses and shuffled molester priests. And that's right. You know, we did, they did the first step. Bishop Malone is out of a leadership position. And now I know this audience is very split on, was that the right move? However, there are still files that are locked away Bishop Malone never agreed to an outside firm 
investigating their investigation, okay? And the guy that came in here to investigate the diocese turned out to have allegations against him. So I want to know from you, right now, where do you feel, or what, how do you feel about the new leadership, and what is the next move in your opinion? 803-0930. The article also calls for an update to the diocese list of accused priests to include all priests accused of abuse, dead or alive. I'd like to hear where you stand on this. Also, stories of forgiveness. Michael Whalen says he forgives the priest who abused him. Now, that priest also has admitted to the abuse. So it's not accused. He has admitted. Michael Whalen has forgiven him. What are your stories of forgiveness or lack of forgiveness? Have you had something that you just haven't been able to forgive that other person? 803-0930, star 930. It's Joe Beamer in four, Sandy Beach, here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer with you in four, Sandy Beach. And let me tell you, I've got a deal of the day for you. When you live and play in western New York, there are perks. So before you stop out to your favorite local business, stop in to GetMyPerks.com and save on your favorite restaurants, shops, and services. Get Buffalo's best prime steaks and fresh seafood at Buffalo Chop House. It's all half off with $50 gift cards for just $25. Do the math. That's a saving of 50% at Buffalo Chop House only. From Get My Perks, details at GetMyPerks.com. Jump on that while supplies last. So, new bishop or new temporary bishop at the Buffalo Diocese. He was at the Movement to Restore Trust meeting on Saturday. And as Tim told us, that was a pre-planned meeting, but now had a little more weight with everything that had happened during the week. And Michael Whalen stepped up, gave a speech, got a standing ovation, including from the bishop, when he talked about people that might need to be shown the door. And also, he spoke of forgiveness. And after that meeting, I have three questions for you. Are you, what questions do you still have or worries do you still have about the Buffalo Diocese moving forward? Even with the new bishop in place, what questions do you have? What steps need to be taken by this bishop as they look for their new permanent bishop? What steps need to be taken to further as the movement's called, further restore the trust within the church, within the diocese. And also, stories of forgiveness. Michael Whalen said he forgives. Do you have a story of forgiveness? A time in your life where someone who wronged you, you were able to finally talk to, forgive that person. Or, as a texter on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board has sent in, do you have a story of something you haven't been able to forgive or someone who hasn't been able to forgive you? You've tried, you've, you've wanted to forgive this person, but every time you see them, every time you hear them mentioned, brings back a bad memory and something that you just have not been able to come to terms with yet. 
and forgive that person. 803-0930, star 930, text board of, I'm sorry, the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board open at 3930. On that text board, eight, eight years ago, my grandpa cared more about his petty feud with my dad than meeting my son for the first time. I'm not sure that I can forgive him. That is a tough one. You know, uh, you have your new son, your newborn son, and obviously you want important people in your life to be the first to to meet your son, to see your son. And because of a feud that didn't even involve you, one person wasn't able to be there, didn't feel they could be there. Now, let me ask you to build off of that text. Is that feud worth not being able to see your grandson, not being there with family? See, I think grudges with family are very interesting. And I know a lot of you have them, but you only have one family. And I know there's extreme cases, and I I don't want to get too far into that. But not being able to forgive a family member. And we don't know what the grudge was that the grandfather couldn't come to terms with and go meet his grandson. Um, however, that that's a tough one, especially when it's family involved and then everyone else in the family suffers. So if two family members are feuding, now one of those, you can't invite them both together if they have not forgiven each other. And so everyone's affected because now you have a family get-together. Who are you going to invite? And what are you going to tell the other family member that you don't invite, that you didn't include? What is your excuse? Are you going to be honest with them? Hey, you still have a grudge with so-and-so, and and this time we picked so-and-so. It's an interesting situation. If you have any insight on that, I'll also take your text at 39.30. Now, at 11 o'clock, we do have a press conference in Manhattan with Siobhan O'Connor, as we know here from Buffalo. It is an abuse survivor suing the Pope, going after the Vatican. We'll get more information on this at 11 in a Manhattan press conference, but I'd like to know from you also, add to the list of questions, what do you think of going after the Pope? In your opinion, is that going too far? Is that an appropriate step to focus on what's gone on, not only at the Buffalo Diocese, but dioceses around the country? I'd like to know your input on that as well at 803-0930. So, a few questions for you as we go into see what Rush Limbaugh is talking about. I want to know, what does the diocese have to do now? What questions do you have for the diocese moving forward? Your stories of forgiveness or lack of forgiveness and suing the Pope. Is that a little too much? Here on News Radio 930 WBEN.
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.